Hello, and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for October 19th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Pretty slow week until the last couple of days, and I got a whole bunch of stuff to cover now. Uh, There's three WWE videos up on my blog. The first one is from Tuesday's Mixed Match Challenge. It's Asuka and The Miz versus Lana and Rusev. And um, I, I posted this, uh, I post all of Asuka's matches anyway, but this does not air live in a lot of places, including Canada. So uh, I didn't see the video until um, uh, yesterday morning, actually. Now, I haven't lo- watched a lot of this season of the Mixed Match Challenge because there's way too much comedy, and I've never been a big fan of comedy and wrestling. I think they have to tone it down a little bit. But this particular match is pretty much all comedy, and that is something that The Miz is good at. The others really know. Uh, the best bit is when the fans boo The Miz and cheer the other three. Uh, the rest of the match is eh. It's nothing special. Um, <laughs> I didn't care for it. And the end came when The Miz tried to distract Rusev by imitating Aiden English, and that worked well enough for Asuka to win with the Asuka lock. And now you'll notice on the video clip that it's uh, titled wrong, but the match is actually correct. And uh, next week, Asuka and The Miz will face the Usos, Jimmy and Naomi. So I actually don't expect them to win the whole thing because uh, uh, they're starting to tease dissent between the two. But they did that a little bit last year, too. So the other two matches are from uh, Wednesday's um, episode of the May Young Classic. And the first match that I posted is Mako Satamura versus Lacey Lane. And has been, <coughs> as has been the case with a lot of these matches, Michael Cole's commentary on this particular match was awful. Fans are not idiots. They know that Lacey winning would be a big upset. And you don't have to say it over and over. Now, Lacey Lane is under contract, uh, an NXT contract, Uh, She's from Winter Park, Florida, which is where this was taped. Uh, She's a tiny girl. She's got to be five feet nothing. And she has athletic ability, but she is very green. I think she's only been wrestling about a year. She trained at Team 3D. The bottom line is she can learn a lot just by spending five minutes in the ring with Mako. And uh, the match went pretty much as I expected. It, Mako could have squashed her in two minutes, but she, as she did earlier with Killer Kelly, Mako wanted Lacey to look good. And so the match was semi-competitive, but that's really what was needed. You don't, didn't want Lacey to be too competitive. So Mako wins with the Death Valley Driver, and she will face Tony Storm in the semifinal. And that will be a tremendous match. Now, the second video is, of course, Yo Shirai versus Diana Perrazzo. And uh, Diana is a, an experienced wrestler. She's you know, wrestled uh, for NXT in the past and also uh, Ring of Honor and other companies. Um, you know, the match was reasonably, com- reasonably competitive. I know some fans really like Diana. I guess she's okay, but I'm not crazy about her. Like, she's now under U- a- NXT contract. And I don't think they have a clue what they're going to do with her. Her big finisher is a Fujiwara armbar. Okay? Eh, but, you know, she uses it. And as I said, the match was fairly competitive. And uh, she got her armbar finisher on Yo a couple of times. But Yo just wouldn't tap out. Now, Yo 
did sell her left shoulder again. So they may be looking to have her continue to do that because they had her kind of injure her shoulder against her uh, last match with Zeusus. Now, after Yo escaped the second armbar, she put Diana in a position for the moonsault. Now, she almost missed it, but uh, I think part of the problem is Yo is just getting used to the larger ring, so I think she will be okay in the future. Now, in the semifinals, she will face Rhea Ripley. And in, uh, in the other two matches that were on uh, Wednesday's episode, uh, Rhea Ripley uh, won over uh, Tegan Knox. Uh, by uh, ref stoppage. And what actually happened is uh, uh, Tegan uh, did a suicide dive and she landed very badly and she basically blew out her, her knee, broke her ankle. Jeez. She couldn't, she tried to continue, but she really sh couldn't do that. They, they had to get her out of there. And so uh, Rhea uh, was given the win. Uh, from what I understand, Tegan was supposed to win and possibly win the entire tournament. Okay, You may recall that she was supposed to be in last year's Mayon Classic, but she blew out her knee. It was actually the other knee that, uh, she, the other knee that she injured this time. Now, Rhea, to her credit, they are trying to push her as a nasty heel. And she stuck to her character throughout this whole thing, and she's continued to do that, and boy, do I like this girl. She has got something. And she's a young kid, just like Tony Storms. She's also from Australia, and she's uh, 22 years old. I liked her last year, and I still like her, and I think she's got a lot of potential, just like Tony. It's, it, she's a lot bigger than Tony, but that's okay. I don't really care about that. Now, the other, two, the other match uh, had... Uh, uh, Tony Storm versus um, Mia Yim, and that was really good. And uh, they're both really good performers, and, and they know ex both of them have been around. I mean, Tony's a lot younger than, than Mia. Mia is 29 years old. Tony is 22. Uh, and as I said before about Tony, for someone 22 years old, she is very, very polished and just knows exactly what she's doing. She knows how to look. She knows facial expressions. She's just very, very seasoned. She's a damn star. And I've, I've said this as well before. I wouldn't even bother with NXT for her. I'd put her straight to the main roster because she can step into any um, storyline and she could kill it. I mean, that's how good she is. And I'm also very happy that the WWE has signed... Uh, Mia Yim, and uh, I uh, expect her to do very well at the um, NXT level. And again, I would suggest that she is main roster bound as well in, in the not-too-distant future. Okay, that's what I would uh, anticipate from her. All right, so... Um, wait a minute... Uh, now, I'm looking for something here. Just a moment. All right. Anyway. All right. Anyway, a couple other WWE things I want to cover. Uh, we've got the Evolution uh, show coming up uh, a week from this Sunday. And uh, on Monday night after Raw, USA Network will be running a, a special uh, covering Evolution. And uh, that will run right after Raw. Uh, 
I don't believe Sportsnet is running it in Canada, uh, so I won't get to see it when it's supposed to be on, but E will be uh, running it uh, Wednesday night at 10 p.m., which is after Total Divas. I don't know if that's going to be on in Canada um, because the uh, Canadian version of E is a little bit different from the American version, uh, but uh, it might be worth a look. Now, as well, a couple other things about that show. First of all, they've added a battle royal to this, to this show. So why have they added a battle royal? Oh, I should also mention they're bringing back some more legends. They're putting some, a lot of the NXT wrestlers that they've talked about on this show are going to be in the battle royal along with the, um, some of the legends as well. And um, the reason they're doing that is because when they first announced the show, they said there are going to be 50 women on the show. So that's why they got to have a battle royal. Otherwise, there won't be 50 women. Okay. Now, the other thing I wanted to comment on was Ronda Rousey's promo on Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, basically <laughs> saying what a lot of fans think about Nikki Bella. Okay. And the Bella Twins in general. And here's the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned. I really wish that Total Divas and Total, Bella, Total Bellas would get canceled because that would end this bullshit about the Bella Twins being draws because they're not, okay? There is no excuse for putting Nikki Bella in the main event of this show other than shooting footage for Total Divas and Total Bellas. And you know what? The ratings are really bad right now. So I don't even know why they would continue, except that the show is cheap to make. And uh, I'm not sure if there's a contract with E as to how long they can run it and stuff like that. But as far as I know, they're going to continue to run it. And uh, um, um, uh, so, but there was a time when they used Total Bellas as the basis for some storylines in the women's division, but they don't do that anymore for the most part. And so I don't, even, I don't even watch the shows. And, and the point is, is they really don't use them anymore. And the thing is, to bring those two back and put them in prominent positions on the roster when they don't really, they haven't earned it. They got to beat a bunch of wrestlers to get into the main event, not just, you know, do this kind of hotshot crap, okay? The other rumor that's out there is supposedly the WWE is going to ask Ronda to appear on Total Divas. And I just don't see her doing that. There's a reason why she moved to Montana with her husband, Travis Brown. Uh, he's a UFC fighter, by the way. And the reason is privacy. She used to live in LA. She knows what it's like. All right? So I don't see her doing that. They've been turned down before, by the way, going back to, uh, um, um, well, Charlotte Flair has turned them down. Uh, Becky has turned them down, so has, uh, uh, so has Sasha Banks, and uh, uh, they've been turned down before by others. I guess that's the bottom line. The bottom line, and so I just don't believe, I don't believe that she will want to do it. But that to me shows desperation. Okay, why would she want to be on that show? Isn't her life public enough? Anyway. And one other thing I, I wanted to, to, to get to, and that's that um, 
uh, what did I want to say? I forgot already. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I said, well, oh, the Saudi Arabia show. Some people have asked me for my opinion on the Saudi Arabia show. And um, um, I've, I've had this opinion since they actually agreed to do it. I mean, the main reason they're going over there, no matter what they say, is they're getting paid a whole heap of money to do that show. That's why they're doing it, okay? But I will tell you this. My opinion from the very start of them signing to do that show is this, okay? I don't think they should be doing business with a, with a country like that that has those type of uh, dictatorial tendencies, all right? That's the way I'll put it, okay? I wouldn't do business with them. I don't think they should be doing business with them. I think should they have pulled out of this show, this new show, because of what happened over there with this journalist? They shouldn't be there in the first place, okay? Triple H claims that if they want to make changes in their society, they have to do it from the inside. That's what Triple H said. I don't believe that they can make help convince them to make changes over there. That's already been indicated. They're not going to change, okay? They are who they are in Saudi Arabia. So the bottom line is they're doing it for the money. Now, the bad publicity over them doing that show, it's a double-edged sword. For one thing, they're getting paid a whole heap of money, and so that makes the stockholders happy, okay? On the other hand, they don't like the bad publicity. So, I don't know. So, I, my, my thing is this. I did not watch the first show. I have no intention of watching this show, and I will never watch a show originating from Saudi Arabia unless, for one thing, there are women on the show, all right? And that's it. And I don't really care about the costumes and shit like that. The bottom line is this. They are a repressive and backward society in Saudi Arabia, and I'm a big-time liberal. You know, I'm, I'm almost communist, for God's sake. So why in the hell would I endorse anything in Saudi Arabia? The answer is I would not do it. And I watch everything the WWE does, but I'm not watching that show, and I didn't watch the first one either. The only thing I saw was the clip of Titus O'Neil. That I had to see. The rest of it, I don't care. All right. Now let's go on to the UFC. We have some new fight announcements. Uh, first of all, if you hadn't noticed, they haven't announced any uh, matches or shows for 2019. And that's, of course, as the UFC is, is starting a new TV deal in January. And so we'll probably get them hot and heavy uh, starting next month, I would imagine. But uh, I do have a couple of uh, things that they've done. Uh, first of all, as you know, uh, they have uh, moved the uh, welterweight uh, title, uh, welterweight, flyweight title match back to uh, UFC 231 in Toronto. And so it's, again, going to be um, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Versus Joanna Jajicek. Okay, so now that they've done that, they had to do something with um, Sajara Eubanks. So originally, the plan was for Sajara to face Jessica I, uh, also in Toronto. But uh, when they pulled her and moved her to Madison Square Garden, to, uh, UFC 230, uh, they decided to move her to UFC 230. 230. Uh, and so what they've done is they brought in um, Roxanne Modafferi as her opponent. So that will be on the prelims. Okay. 
uh, you know, it's a nothing match. I, like I said before, Sajara is not a flyweight. She's a uh, bantamweight. And I think it is a real possibility that she won't make weight. The other thing is that uh, she beat Roxanne at, at the semifinals of uh, uh, The Ultimate Fighter 26. So I, I don't know. It's a nothing match for me. I don't think either of them are title contenders. Like I, I never thought, for example, that... Um, uh, that uh, uh, Sijara was a title contender. I mean, Tough 26 was such a joke. It was awful. All right, so we have a couple of other UFC matches to talk about. The first one is that uh, last week, Ariel Helwani of ESPN reported that Kat Zingano and Megan Anderson was likely to be added to UFC 232, December 29th at the T-Mobile Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. And the UFC confirmed the match a couple of days ago. The fight will be at welterweight. So... Kat has been talking about uh, moving to welterweight for the last year, okay? She, she has fought her whole career at bantamweight. So um, she's had uh, real injury problems. She's 36 years old. She's 3-3 three and three in the UFC. I think injuries have really slowed her down. Like, she had a very serious knee injury a couple of years back. I don't think she's been the same since then. So to me, she's not as good as she used to be, all right? She did win her last fight over Marion Renault, but as I said, that is, this is her debut at welterweight. Now, that doesn't mean she can't win this fight. Megan didn't look very good when she lost her UFC debut to Holly Holm, so I don't know if she'll be any better against Kat. Now, Megan is 28 years old. She's originally from Queensland, Australia. She does train, live in the U.S., and she trains with UFC fighter James Krause in Kansas City. When she was an in Invicta, I thought she improved a lot, now I'm not so sure, though she was inactive for over a year, so maybe it was cage rust. So I don't know. I don't think either of these fighters can beat um, can beat Chris Cyborg anyway. So it really doesn't matter. It's kind of a... Uh, I'm not crazy about the match, but I would suggest that if Megan were to win, that might be it for Kat. I mean, what does she do after that? All right? Okay, and we have a, a late replacement on another fight, and that is on UFC Fight Night 141, November 24th at the Cadillac Arena in Beijing, China. Shayna Dobson announced on Instagram that she is injured and out of her match on that show. She will be replaced by Lauren Mueller. Now, that's probably bad news for her opponent, uh, Yanan Wu. Now, Lauren is 26 years old from San Diego. Her record is 5-0. She came to the UFC through Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. And if I remember correctly, that was she was a late replacement on that show, too. Now, she won her UFC and flyweight debut over Shayna Dobson. So obviously, Lauren is a much better fighter than Shayna. And that's bad news for Yanan, who is 22 years old from Chaoyang, China. Her record is 8-2, and, and she lost her UFC debut to Gina Mazzani last year. Now, that fight was at bantamweight, so this will be her flyweight debut. I think the competition level is a little low for Lauren. I mean, but taking a short-notice fight will pay off for her down the road. I really like this girl. I think she looked great on the in the two fights I've seen her in so far and uh, I don't think taking a short notice match bothers her very much all right and she should win this pretty easily I think 
Okay, that's about it today. Again, and, uh, not, we don't have a UFC show coming up until next week, and uh, there's nothing else happening this weekend that I could tell. Uh, so if something, uh, if there's some new fights announced or stuff like that, uh, we'll see how many get announced and that sort of thing. So uh, again, you can watch those three videos on my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. If you want to uh, leave a comment uh, on the... Um, on the podcast, you can do so, and I'll be happy to respond to any questions. And if you uh, would like to uh, subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, Google Podcast, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, again, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you later.